This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John 16, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today, as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation. Listen, I want to talk to you for just a few moments this morning on redigging the well of passionate praise. On redigging the well of passionate praise. Now, I don't want you to make any mistake about it. Praise is not an option for God's people. It's not an option. Praise is not an option for God's people. Praise is not an option. It, I've often wondered what God thinks sometimes when he looks down when we come into his house to worship. And we're not really worshiping. Sometimes we're just going through the motions. And I want to just share with you a few thoughts this morning about praise and worship. And I want you to, I just believe that God is going to speak to you in a great way this morning about redigging this well of passionate praise in your life. First thing I want you to see is why is praise so important? Because God is attracted to your praise and worship. I want you to get that this morning. God is attracted to your praise and worship. It actually attracts the Lord. Psalms 22.3 says, God inhabits the praises of his people. The Japanese version says this, when you praise God, he brings a big chair and just sits down. I like it. When you praise God, he brings a big chair and just sits down. Praise is not an option. I want God to pursue me. That means God pursues me. There are scriptures about us pursuing God, but I'm excited to know that God pursues me when I praise. God pursues me when I praise. I want God to pursue me. Psalms 95 says, let us come before him with thanksgiving. And let us extol him with music and song. Extol means to praise enthusiastically. I want everybody to say this, enthusiastically. Enthusiastically. Now I want to ask you, how enthusiastic is your praise? Praise is not a style. Enthusiasm is not a style. Enthusiasm is the emotion we show when we praise the Lord. Charles Spurgeon said this, there is no chorus too loud, no orchestra too large, no psalm too lofty for praising the Lord of hosts. God wants us to praise him enthusiastically. God is attracted to your praise. The second reason why This well of praise is so important for us to unclog. It's because God is deadly serious about praise and worship. God is deadly serious about praise and worship. Jesus witnessed firsthand what happens when someone's worship gets out of kilter. 
Luke 10, 18, Jesus said to them, and I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Jesus actually witnessed the display when the enemy was kicked out of heaven. God is serious about praise and worship. We may take it lightly when we call a church service, a worship service, but God doesn't indulge in loose interpretations of praise. God takes praise and worship very seriously. The third thing is Satan fears it. Why is it so important? Satan fears your praise. Have you ever wondered why praise and worship is fought so hard in the church? The sound's never right. The instruments maybe may not work. Uh, I don't know how many struggles and church splits have come out of something to deal with the worship team. I'm telling truth this morning. Satan hates praise and worship. He constantly attacks. He constantly attacks praise and worship. In the same age, old struggle still ensues. Lucifer still fights to clog up the well of passionate praise. He fears your passionate praise with a trembling phobia because he knows what happens when God's people give themselves in reckless abandon to full-blown praise and worship to the Lord of hosts. Satan fears your praise. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we see that Jehoshaphat was facing annihilation in the children of Israel by three different armies. And he said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get some choirs together and we're just going to have a praise rally. And God delivered them from that attack. In Joshua chapter 6, we read that the uh, forces at Jericho, that the Israelites would march around the wall and they gave praise and a shout of praise unto God and the walls began to fall down. Satan knows that if you ever get your praise out of the box that you put it in, let me say that again. Satan knows that if you ever Get your praise out of the box that you put it in, that there is deliverance and freedom for you. Amen, amen. And I want to give you just several things this morning about Satan's plan as it relates to your praise and worship. And I want you to get these this morning. The first thing you need to understand is he wants to keep you bound but feeling engaged. In other words, he wants, to, he wants you to come in and worship a little bit, but he doesn't really want you to be free. We see an example of this in Exodus chapter 8, verse 28. It says, So Pharaoh said unto the children of Israel, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only don't go very far away. Then Pharaoh says, now pray for me. Pray for God to bless me. I want you to get this, what he's saying right here. He said, I'm going to, Moses and the Israelites have been asking, asking Pharaoh, will you just allow us to go and worship? And he said, he said, you've got to let us go. You've got to free us. And Pharaoh finally says, he said, I'll let you go, but I'm not going to let you completely go. In other words, I'll let you go just a little ways, but you're not going to get out of my grasp. In other words, 
Worship just deep enough to feel engaged, but not deep enough to break the bondage off of your life. What does that sound like to you this morning? It sounds like a lot of God's children that come into his house week after week. Unhindered praise is the oar by which we row into the deep waters of true freedom in the Lord. Real worship should bring freedom from bondage and from despair. Moses would have accomplished little by just walking over the next sand dune or the next hill where the children of Israel could put a campfire up, they could dance, they could shout, they could eat roasted lamb only to get up the next morning and return to the same place in the same bondage that they had before. I want to tell you, God intends for your praise and worship to be unlocked, unbound, and free before the Lord of hosts. He doesn't want you to stay bound. Moses knew that real freedom required total detachment from the grip of Pharaoh. And I want to ask you, what Pharaohs are in your life that seem to keep you bound up when it comes to praise and worship. I, I, I'm amazed at oftentimes when we have, may, maybe it's when Dalton is on stage, and, and, I, and just so everybody knows, I used to have as much energy as Dalton has. And for about five minutes, I still can, but that's about it. But when he's imploring people to come and worship and come into the altar, have you ever asked yourself, what in the world is wrong with the person sitting next to you? Why don't we engage in praise and worship? Why don't we engage in what God is trying to do? And I want to tell you this morning that God is wanting us to get outside of our box. He's wanting us to push through whatever has us bound and recognize that true freedom can come into our life when we once and for all break free of every bondage that holds us back. Listen, I don't want anything to hold me back from God's best in my life. I want God's best to begin to be the forefront and the forerunner for everything in my life and God is calling us as a church break free, break free from whatever the Pharaoh is in your life, whatever the bondage is push forward and say God I'm taking my worship to a different spot, I'm tired of pressing in just deep enough to feel like I had a little bit of church but God I feel like that I am ready to break free in true worship before you Amen. Give the Lord praise in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have to keep the volume turned up until freedom comes. See, the problem is we'll come in and we'll come out and all of a sudden, nothing. We, when nothing happens like we want, all of a sudden, we just don't know what to do anymore. But I think about Paul and Silas. I think about Paul and Silas in the jail cell. They were in the jail, and all of a sudden, the Bible says that at midnight, they didn't have anything left to do but to sing praises to the Lord of hosts. And they begin to sing to God. They begin to cry out to him. They begin to sing praises. And the Bible tells me that the jail cell itself began to shake. Even the foundations of that prison were rocked. And all of a sudden, the doors that bound them were broken open. There is freedom that comes when you begin to praise God unhindered in every situation in your life. 
And I want to ask you this morning, what foundations in your life need to be shaken? What prison doors seem to constantly be closed in your life? I want to tell you, God's will is for you to be free of every bondage that binds you in the name of Jesus. Give him praise in this house. Hallelujah. The second thing that I want you to get this morning, we know that Satan wants to keep us bound but yet feeling engaged. But I, I got this little phrase right here just a few weeks ago at a conference and I got to studying on it and it fits so perfect in this message. God wants to make you a designated donkey holder. And I said that to my wife and she said, I don't know what in the world you're talking about. But let me give you a scripture in Genesis chapter 22. The gentleman I heard use this was actually just taking up an offering, but it fits so perfect here. It says, on the third day that Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. And the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the two of them went together. I'm going to look back at verse 5. And Abraham there said, some translation said, said to the two men, Abraham said to the two men, you stay here with the donkey while Isaac and I go yonder in worship. And church, I want to tell you something. We've got too many designated donkey holders in the church while there's a couple people that seem to step out and really worship God for who he is where they really begin to step out and begin to praise him for who he is and other people are content just to stand back I begin to think about this story that that those men were within a stone's throw maybe of where they could hear the sound of worship. They may have even seen the smoke coming up from the altar. They were close enough to be just a, just a close to the experience but never really have what God had in store in the worship experience. You see, Abraham knew something about sacrifice in worship. Abraham understood that there was something about sacrifice. The other men were content just to hold the donkey. But Abraham knew that he was having to take a sacrifice with him. You see, Abraham came prepared. And can I tell you something? If you have real unhindered worship, if you begin to unclog that well of praise and worship in your life, you're going to have to come in prepared. You're going to have to come in prepared not to leave the same way that you came. You come in prepared to say, God, even though I've had a mess going on this week in my family, in my job, in my life, God, I'm coming in for one purpose alone. I am coming with sacrifice, and I am prepared to worship this morning in the name of Jesus, God. I want to tell you, we need some people in the church that begin to come in prepared. We need some people in the church that come in with the attitude, God, I don't care what else is going on. I am coming in today with the reason and one reason alone. I want to worship you in spirit and in truth. God, I want to worship you. Sacrificial worship gets you out of your comfort zone. Let me say that again. Sacrificial worship will push you out of your comfort zone. And let's really be honest. Nobody likes being pushed 
out of their comfort zone. Nobody likes being pushed. Listen, the worship, the sacrificial worship walk for Abraham was an uncomfortable one. It put him in the place where he was totally vulnerable before the Lord. It put him in a place where he said, God, I cannot believe that I'm actually doing what I'm about to do. But God, I'm doing it because you told me to. God, I can't believe I'm actually stepping out of the pew or out of the seat and into the aisle. God, I can't believe I'm actually lifting my hand. God, I can't believe I've actually got a shout. But God, I'm ready to give you more than what I have before. I'm coming prepared. Lord, if you'll read the text, the Bible says he had the wood, he had the knife, he had the fire. Abraham came prepared to worship. And church, I want to tell you, it's time that the church of the living God come into God's house on Sunday morning without an agenda, without worrying about what they're going to do afterwards, but they come in with an attitude of God, I am prepared to worship. Sacrificial worship is uncomfortable. When you engage in sacrificial worship out of your comfort zone, It's you saying to the Lord, God, I trust you with my process. I trust you, God, with my process. You see, as long as we can keep worship on our terms, there's not complete surrender. But when you and I begin to worship unhindered and we surrender it all to the Lord, when we surrender it all to Him, It's saying to the Lord, God, I trust you. God, I trust you with the process that I'm in. You're actually taking the burden and giving it to him. Genesis 22, 8. Isaac's having some, listen, Isaac's figuring out something isn't right. He said, Dad, I see you got all the materials for building this altar. But where? Where's the sacrifice? Where's the lamb? And man, Abraham, he's called the the man of faith, the father of faith. He's walking up that hill and he, he utters just a few words that are so important for us today. He said, son, the Lord will provide for himself what is needed. God, the Lord will provide for himself the sacrifice, the lamb. And I want to tell you something. When you begin to offer sacrificial worship unto God, it's not up to you to figure out all the details. It's not up to you to figure out maybe what the next step is. But when you get into that place of sacrificial worship, it puts you in a position of saying, God, I'm passing the buck to you. God, I'm recognizing I don't have enough intelligence. God, I'm not deep enough to control what's going on but God I'm going to take it and I'm giving it to you and God I know that you will provide and church I want to tell you this morning there may be some doubt about your situation there may be, may be some doubt about your dilemmas but I want to tell you God will provide when you put your trust in him when you take your burden and say God I can't carry it but I'm giving it to you God will provide in your life So you can be a designated donkey holder. And you can just be content with what that brings. 
or you can step out and say, God, I'm ready to give, give some sacrifice. Let somebody, listen, let me tell you something. There's always going to be somebody that's going to be content to hold the donkey. The, the whole church may not ever get on board with what really unhindered worship is. But can I tell you something? God's not interested in everybody. He's interested in you. He has a personal relationship with you. And God's saying, it's time that we step out. It's time that we step out. And we begin to have unhindered worship before the Lord. Satan wants you to keep you, keep you bound, but feeling engaged. He wants to make you a designated donkey holder. Number three, he wants to make you be, to believe that there are shortcuts into the presence of Jehovah. And I want to tell you this morning that there are no shortcuts into God's presence. If there were shortcuts into the presence of the God, the modern church would have surely discovered them by now. We have, we have a book for every tactic, for every device, every plan, that we can make church better. You can go to the you can go to the bookstore and go on Amazon, and there are more books that you can count on somebody's idea on how to have better church or how to grow a church. But there are no shortcuts into God's presence. Oh, we may can gain a few people. We 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 may can get some notoriety in the community. But listen, we're supposed to be a people that changes the world. That's what we're really trying to accomplish for the Lord. And there are no shortcuts into his presence because his presence is the only way that we can bring full change to our community, to our world. God is calling us not to make shortcuts. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Story of David, and I love David's stories because he 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 messed up just like we did all the just like we do all the time. I mean, his you read his story, I mean, he just had a lot of mess up, but he always knew where to turn. David finds out that the Ark of the Covenant. He 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 says, you know what? I'm ready to bring the I'm ready to bring the presence back into the church. I'm gonna put it in in our terms today, David. David sat back there on the back row, and one day he said, you know what, I'm ready to bring the presence back to Life Fellowship. I'm ready to see God's presence fill this place. And he said, I'm going to go down. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 5 says this, Then David and all the house of Israel, they played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments, of fir wood, on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. And let me tell you what they did. I don't know what y'all say here in Texas all the time, but Back home, we say they was having a shindig. Now, I don't know how to spell that either, so don't anybody ask. But they were having an all-out time. David said, we are going to bring God's presence back, and it's forevermore going to be a show. What David did, didn't realize is that God was not interested in just an emotional display. And while it is important that we have excited praise and worship that we have enhanced praise and worship that moves us emotionally can I tell you that God is always more interested in your heart than he is your emotions David goes down 
I can only imagine the scene. He's planning a big parade. And many of you know this story. They begin to dance and sing and do all their stuff. And before you know it, he's got one of his men laying dead in the street. Because David forgot that total obedience was the only way into God's presence. The ark was only to be carried on the shoulders of the Levite priest. David learned the hard way that there are no shortcuts into God's presence. John 4 and 24 states that we must worship him in spirit and in truth. David had the spirit part down right. He, listen, he had all the spirit. He had all the instruments going. I mean, it was, it was forevermore a loud, boisterous time. But he didn't have his heart in the right place. But truth, we worship him in spirit and truth. Truth says, God, now I am confronted by the awesome truth of your word, and I've dealt with my pride, and I've dealt with my issues. And church, I want to tell you, if it was true for David, it's true for us. We can go through all of the motions we want. We can get, we can get as professional, professional as we want in our praise, in our worship, in our instrument, and in our singers. But I want to tell you this morning that there is nothing that takes the place of a heart that is turned towards God, a heart that is humble and soft towards the presence of Jehovah. David finds his man lying dead in the street and he leaves. He said, we're just going to take the ark and we're going to leave it at Obed-Edom's house. David said, I've got to evaluate what in the world is going on. The Bible says that after about three months, that David began to hear that everything in Obed-Edom's life, his, his socks was blessed off. I don't think they wore socks back then. But everything he had was blessed. David said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with my stuff. And I am determined that whatever it takes with me changing my heart, we're going to have God's presence come back into the house. The most significant step in unclogging the well of passionate praise is broken repentance before a holy God. That's when you can have real worship. If you actually read this whole story, it's a long story. The Bible says that then when David came into the city, that he wouldn't go more than 15 feet, six paces, without having a praise break. The Bible says that by the time he got back to Jerusalem, that he had danced when really about all he had left on was his socks and an ephod. And the Bible says that he danced with all of his might before the Lord. And I want to tell you, it can hold your worship back when you don't begin to confess sin and pride and issues before the Lord. You may wonder why, why do I come in and I come out and I see other people that are touched and other people seem to get excited for God, but I never really seem to get it myself. I want to tell you, it's time that you evaluate yourself because if you are a child of the Most High God, there should never be anything that could keep you from being before the Lord with all your might in your praise and your worship. David dealt with his issues. Repentance always brings an open heaven in your life. 
Hosea 14 says their, their, their fragrance, talking about people that have repented, will be like the cedars of Lebanon. They will dwell again in God's shade. They will flourish like grain. They will blossom like the vine. And their fame will be like the wine of Lebanon. Can I tell you that when you begin to have repentance before the Lord, when you begin to humble your heart before God, it will bring blessing and unleash unhindered praise and worship in your life. It is a must for the church today. Eric, if you'd come. God is looking for the church to step out of the box of where you are. God is looking for us as a people to begin to step out of that comfort zone and say, God, I'm looking for more. That's a question I've got written down at the end of my notes today. How many of you are really looking for more? How many people are really looking for more? Have you reached a comfortable place in your worship? And you're just content to go through the motions, but God is really calling you for more. Because I can tell you this, that the closer you get to Him, the more freedom you will have in your life. doesn't come, let me help you this morning, it doesn't come any other way. Freedom's not going to come because we have a leadership summit. Freedom's not going to come just because we have a good worship service. Freedom's not going to come because the sermon tickled your ears. Freedom is going to come when God's people say, God, I need more and I need to get closer to you. That's where real freedom comes from. It's no other way. But freedom to be poured out into your life. To be poured out into your life. It's when you begin to recognize these three things. The church may make me feel like I'm engaged with what God's doing, but I'm really bound. Because I don't have the freedom to praise and worship like I should. Or maybe you've been content just to sit back and hold the donkey while everybody else went forward and worshiped. You've been able to see what God did in them. You've been able to hear the joy that came from it. But you've never experienced the supernatural, bondage-breaking power of the Holy Spirit in your life because you've never pursued more in your praise, in your worship. Maybe you've been trying to take shortcuts. Maybe there are things in your life that need to be dealt with. They may be hidden things. Nobody else may know, but God knows. There are people, no doubt, in this house this morning, you need deliverance from smoking, drinking, 
Maybe you need deliverance from marijuana. Maybe you need deliverance from heroin. Maybe you need deliverance from pornography. Maybe, listen, this is the real stuff. Maybe you need deliverance from anger. Maybe you need deliverance because you got a foul mouth and you cuss all the time. God can deliver you from that. God can deliver you from that. All the stuff. You see, when you get into unhindered praise and worship, all that stuff creates a divider between you and the Lord. Oh, you got to get rid of all that stuff. And as you move closer to Him and closer to Him, there is more and more freedom. There's more and more liberation that will come in your life. When you simply say, God, I'm turning this whole mess over. See, unhindered praise and worship is you saying, God, I'm turning this whole mess. Because that's really what it is. Let's just be honest. How many of you have either got a mess or have had some messes in your life? Those of you that ain't raising your hand, y'all telling stories. We're going to pray for y'all first. But when you allow yourself to get closer to the Lord in your when you begin to unclog that well of un, of passionate praise don't let the stone of depression clog the well of passionate praise move closer push in further don't let the stone of alcoholism or any addiction clog up the well of passionate praise if you want real deliverance push closer don't let just everyday problems and dilemmas clog up that well. Let me tell you, just everyday stuff can clog up the well of passionate praise. Just like that. You can leave church on Sunday thinking, Woo! Hallelujah! And by Monday at lunchtime, it's Lord owe me. Don't, don't let everyday life clog up the well of passionate praise. Listen, you were created to praise the Lord. The Bible says that if we don't praise Him, that He will even ask the rocks. Some of you people came up in the 80s in the Jesus movement. Remember this song. Ain't no rock going to cry out in my place because He's worthy of all my praise. The Bible says that the rocks, if we don't praise Him, they'll even cry out. That may be an old cliche and said a thousand times, but I can tell you this morning, I still don't want no rock crying out in my place when I have a God in heaven that brings deliverance, that brings freedom, that sets the captives free. Now I want you to ask yourself this morning that question. Have I really been searching for more? Or have I been content just to be where I am? Listen, if you want more, if you want more, you go after it. You see, we treat our relationship with the Lord in our praise and worship, we treat it on a need basis. Man, you let something really bad be going on in your life. Oh, oh I'm, I'm about to step on. Listen, you know where you're going to see people at? 
You know where you're going to see people shouting? Right here. You let something happen to one of your kids? I'm not talking about an F in school. I'm talking about you let something really happen to one of your kids. Or find out your spouse is having an affair or whatever the case may be. I'll tell you where you'll be. You'll be right here. And people in the foyer can hear you crying out to God. We treat him on a need basis. The best analogy I can give you this morning, the only thing I can think of, I wish I had an old telephone here this morning out of my office. You see, we used to have a relationship with our telephones. When it would ring, when it was a it was a real effort my my grandparents were on a party line with my aunt and uncle and I had to dial their number and I had to push down on the hang up button and it would ring twice and that meant I could pick it back up and talk to my aunt and uncle craziest thing I've ever seen anybody ever remember the party lines I guess some of you remember that but when the phone rang we would answer it but now we answer it as we need let me see who that is. Not answering that. Don't recognize. <laughs> Definitely don't recognize that. That doesn't look familiar. Never done that before. Well, who's who's texting? Uh, no, not right now. I don't have time. Oh, it's a Facebook message. We got 47 ways to communicate on this device, and and, and we we treat it as an own need. Ba- well, not right now. Not, that's how we're treating God. And it's time that the church get back to a place where we have unhindered praise and worship before the Lord. Through our enthusiasm and and through dealing with the issues of our heart. You see, if we can, and listen, I like, I like praise and worship. I'm just going to tell y'all, I like it. I like it loud. I like it strong, and I like it exciting. But if we don't have repentance in our heart, it ain't nothing but a big show. Just a big show. So the real key here is repentance. Because I believe this. You see, David had a show. It didn't work out real good. But he went from having the noise and the music to having his own dance. Oh my God, I'm about to. Some of you need your own dance. You've been content to get by on the sound of the music, on what's going on on the stage, come in and go out, not hardly even being changed, when God's saying what I'm really looking for is for you to deal with the things that are in your life, and I'm about to give you your own dance because you can't survive, honey, off my dance or Stephanie's dance or Dalton's dance. God wants to put a dance in your own heart where you begin to praise Him and worship Him with all of your might. And it comes when you say, God, today I'm dealing with my issues. God, I'm dealing with my bondage. I'm dealing with my addiction. I'm dealing with my problem. Because listen, he died for you. And his blood was sufficient. I think back of that first story of Pharaoh. 
Pharaoh survived all the plagues without giving up. But there was one plague, the last plague, and the blood was brought out. And after the blood was brought out, Pharaoh said, I can't hold you any longer. And I want to tell somebody in here this morning, the blood has been applied to your life. The blood has been applied to your life. Satan has no right to you any longer. If you're a child of God, if you accepted him, and if you haven't, I want to tell you, you don't have to leave this place today without saying, God, I want you as my Lord and my Savior. God, I want to receive you today. And I believe God will bring freedom to your life like you have never experienced before. Jesus' name. I want every head bowed and every eye closed right now. Father, I ask you this morning. I just ask you this morning, God, as you look across this place, God, I believe that there are people, God, that they've been acting like they're a little engaged, but they're really still bound. God, are people, there are people that have been content to be on the outskirts while everybody else pressed in. And God, there are people that have been going through the motions, but yet in their heart, there were still some things that needed to be dealt with. And Lord, today, I thank you for real freedom in this house. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I ask your Holy Spirit to move in this place. Now, I'm going to ask you right now, I want everybody to be honest with yourself. If you fall into one of those three categories, maybe you've got things you need to deal with in your heart. Maybe you've been content. You know there's more, but you just never have pressed in. Maybe you've just gotten a little ways out but you know God is calling you to go further in Him that's you this morning I want you to get out of your seat don't wait on somebody else come on come to this altar this morning come to this altar this morning don't wait on another soul I know there are people in here that you, you need God to do something in your heart this morning you need God to deal with things in your heart I want to tell you He's here this morning to deal with things in your heart this morning hallelujah hallelujah come on come on come on Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to tell you this morning, addictions can be broken this morning. Depression can be broken this morning. Suicidal thoughts can be broken this morning. If you're in this place and you need God to break something over you today, today is your opportunity. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hearst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church, and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 645 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphearst.org. Thank you, and God bless.